from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C, Senor. Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Information Complex, this is the Armstrong and Getty Show. This Thursday, December the 9th, the year of our Lord 2021. This morning we're toiling under the tutelage of Honorary General Manager Endemic COVID. We're going to be talking about that some today. Uh, the idea that we are officially now... Oh, who's, who's, what's official? I don't even... We are... If you have a grasp of the facts and the science and are not uh, an ideologue or a wackadoodle partisan, we are clearly at the point where it's just going to be part of life. And you pray like crazy you don't die of it, but by golly, it's time to get back to something very, very, very close to normal. You're getting cancer treatment. You got your, you know, super obese. You got breathing problems. You're especially vulnerable. You got the immune suppression, uh, immunodeficiencies, or something. Obviously, uh, we're not talking about you. We're talking about the other 99 percent of us. We are officially at the stage again. It's not official, but we're officially unofficial. Like at the stage where we stop acting like this is some sort of novel horror sent to to, to murder us all. It is now part of our lives, all of our lives, and ought to become increasingly mild in its effects. All right? It's been some lovely clickbait. It's been some wonderful material to punish the other political party. Those of you who enjoy being afraid because you like to band together with others and post on Twitter how afraid you are, sorry. Those of you who just acted like uh, coronavirus was Satan come to Earth in some sort of 700-foot King Kong meets the apocalypse horror that loomed over our city like spaceships in a sci-fi movie and uh, you acted like that because it showed how much you hated trump i'm sorry but that's over it's over the horror and the usefulness of the horror and oh oh you mid-level tin horn dictator local and national political figures who use the emergency to enact all sorts of emergency powers in which you usurped the Constitution and even your state constitutions and, and all uh, American principles and, and all decency and the laws of, laws of God, man. All you people, too. Sorry. Sorry. It's over. No more emergency. Nothing. End it all. End it all. Now, I understand there's some hospitals, a few hospitals, including, by the way, and this is curious, including in some of the bluest states that have the highest vaccination levels, might be population density, nobody's quite sure, uh, but their hospitals are, are pretty full. Not terribly full, but they have such a staffing shortage from burnout, which is perfectly understandable. Also, uh, people who got canned because they wouldn't get the jab, 
and other factors, so they're shorthanded. They're slammed mostly because they're shorthanded. But they're seeing, yeah, a big uptick in people getting sick from the vid. On the other hand, if you wanted the jab, you got the jab. You didn't want the jab, you didn't get the jab. You made a personal decision, which I personally respect. I don't think the risk to the rest of us justifies anything close to mandatory jabbings. Dr. Fauci disagrees, by the way. He was on the news the other day, uh, or I guess it was yesterday, telling Andrea Mitchell that you got to put aside your individual choice. This is not the time. This is not. Hey, hey, old man. You've had a lovely career studying viruses. Then you got a big head, as my uh, my old baseball coach used to say. You got a balloon head. And you decided that you were in charge of everything. I represent science. Yeah, all right. Well, I represent the American people. I just appointed myself to the goal. The community kicked it around. They appointed me. Here I am. Dr. Fauci, go back to looking through a microscope. Go back to talking about spike proteins and the rest of it. You're not in charge of anything but your lab, okay? Go away. Anyway, more to come on that. Some facts and and figures. Let's begin the show officially now. Oh, I should probably tell you this. Jack, who is uh, still recovering from his gallbladder surgery, uh, has uh, told us he will be arriving, as I recall, uh, for hour two. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, for the uh, third segment of this hour after mailbag and such. So we'll look forward to that. Uh, you know, he's, he's doing pretty well, but it, it takes it out of you. Doctors slicing you open and, and, and taking things out or putting things in or whatever. Uh, it's it's exhausting. My dog could tell you that. He's bouncing back from surgery, too. It's been an odd week for me. Anyway, uh, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations, for which we are bleeping sticklers. Here we go at Mark. And as hard as it might be to imagine, your daughter will grow up and become the president of the United States. That is a clip of, of Hillary. Uh, delivering, hmm, do I give it away? Maybe you've heard about it already. As part of a master class in something, certainly delusion, she delivered her victory speech from 2016. Oh, that's an odd thing to do. <laughs> that's an odd thing for somebody to pay her to do. Uh, we'll play you some of those clips and and I have comments as you might expect. We got all sorts of good stuff to get to. Uh, really excited about the show today. A lot of, uh, you know, why it's time to end the coronavirus harem scarum period of all of our lives. Uh, let's see, scrolling. Oh, schools are closing on Fridays now. The, 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 and, and parents are furious. It's probably coming uh, to a school near you. Elon Musk wants to put chips in your brain, and you might want to let him. Um, and also, how... Well, no, 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 sir. This is actually some really exciting scientific stuff. And how nuts is Seattle? We beat up on Cal Unicornia a lot, partly because, you know, it's the craziest state. Um, but, uh, but Seattle continues to break new ground in being bat ass nuts. So we'll have that and all sorts of good stuff. Freedom loving quote of the day. That's all next day with us. It's the Armstrong and Getty show. Armstrong and Getty. Show. 
One thing I'm excited about on today's show is we'll be running some excerpts from our uh, Armstrong and Getty Extra Large podcast recorded yesterday with Sam Quinones, who wrote that fabulous book that we've referenced quite a few times. It's called The Least of Us. True Tales of American Hope in the Time of Fentanyl and Meth. And uh, we talked to him about uh, mostly fentanyl and meth. And then it turns out there's a twist at the end of the podcast, which you can get. You ought to subscribe to the Armstrong and Getty podcast uh, wherever you get podcasts. Or if you're not sure how that works, and, and I'll just go to armstrongandgetty.com. we got a little uh, clickeroonie there, a little uh, button you can click on to grab the podcast. But super interesting conversation about drugs and hope and community and and China and Mexico and, and the border and just unbelievable stuff great conversation we're actually looking forward to talking to him again uh later on so anyway we'll be running <coughs> excuse me excerpts of that throughout the show here's your freedom loving quote of the day today it's from gerald stanley Lee. i don't know who that is but he said america is a tune it must be sung together and then uh, another quote it's actually from a, a a toast book a book of toasts americans in unity and unity in americans Something I've been saying for a long time in response to those knuckleheads who say diversity is our greatest strength. It's not. It's not true at all. Not even close to true. Unity is our greatest strength. And if that happens to be unity of going roughly historically, uh, English and, and, and Dutch and German and Italian and Irish and Native American, black, white, Asian, Chinese, Japanese, etc. Unity. We've all joined the club. We've all signed on to the set of ideals. And we look differently and we eat different food and listen to different music. But we all high five and say, how about that Bill of Rights? Man, that is a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing. Diversity is the airport, okay? There's not much going on there. It's just a bunch of people running around independent of each other. Different sorts of people with different goals and different destinations. There's no community there whatsoever. Unity is our greatest strength. Mailbag. Barry from Thailand writing in. I trust Jack is recovering nicely. Well, we'll find out in a couple of minutes. And Baxter has a good prognosis. Baxter, my dog, he actually doesn't. Um, But we'll talk about that. Uh, When Biden warned Putin there would be economic consequences if Russia invaded Ukraine, I'd tell Vlad to believe him. After all, look what he did to the American economy. Oh, 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 I get it. He has the ability to ruin economies. Actually, the economy, quote-unquote, is doing okay in the U.S., the inflation thing is a problem. <laughs> the supply chain thing is really hairy. Yeah, if anything, there are aspects of the economy that are a little uh, overheated. Speaking of Baxter, the dog who had a, a tumor in his chest removed yesterday and is bouncing back nicely. Sorry to hear about Baxter's problems. I lost my dog, Bugs, to cancer. You have my heartfelt sympathy. Thank you. He's a fine fella, and uh, we're hoping to enjoy his... Loving companionship for as long as possible. My question is two parts. Number one, does Baxter have to wear the cone of shame post-op? No, he does not, actually. Um, my daughter was delighted to hear, as she is madly in love with Baxter and most dogs, uh, that he has no cone of shame. He has the shirt of honor. He's wearing, like, this big compression... Uh, what, what do you call the, the long underwear that men used to use? A union suit, I think. Um, but he's got like this shirt that runs from his neck down to his butt and snaps 
under him like uh, like a, a onesie does for a baby. And it was funny. It really took me back, uh, you know, snapping the thing. But So he's wearing that to keep him from licking his... Uh, he is like a little baby. He's very much like that, sir. Yes, to, to keep from licking his uh, incision. Um, uh, second question, just, does Jack have to wear the cone after his surgery? Uh, Boz, not funny. Does that pass for humor where you are in Wichita, where our careers started together, actually? I'm sure I'm not the only listener with this question. I'm sure you are, sir. Please. We'll have to ask Jack when he gets here. Uh, On the topic of the next civil war, something like 51% of young Republicans thought we were heading for a civil war. I said, no, that's not true. Uh, Robert says, uh, you're wrong here. Within the next decade, there will be a civil war. Could already be going on, whether it is hot with shooting or cold. A dissolution. Remains to be seen. The level of stress in this country has never been higher. Only time close was 1859. See ages of discord for analysis. Um, the constant drumbeat separating people into camps is just making it worse. Don't be surprised when it starts. It will fall. Uh, when it starts, it will be fast and brutal and resolved quickly. Could be an internal or external trigger. Saying it won't happen doesn't make it so. Nobody ever believes the market will crash yet. It does. Uh, okay. Well, first of all, I'm not entirely certain you're wrong, except the whole tension has never been higher. I, I just disagree. There have been various. Uh, times 1968 was horrendous horrendous riots burning down cities and not like just like uh, kenosha wisconsin parts of cities like giant sections of cities uh terrorist bombings nearly constantly the vietnam war tearing the country apart um you know it wasn't good it wasn't great and it left some scars but we got through it you know i hope i'm right and you're wrong i'm not saying you are but by the way, saying it won't happen doesn't make it so. I would never argue that. That's a dumb argument. Please don't lay dumb arguments on me. Um, let's see. Dana writes, probably fake but still hilarious. One of several people who sent this along. It's a meme. A California store owner has priced all of the items in the store, every single one, at $951. So thieves can be prosecuted for felonies. Evidently, at the checkout stand, if you ask for it, there's a coupon that returns, or do you say coupon? There's a coupon that returns all the items to the regular price. But you have to use the coupon. Otherwise, everything is a felony. I love that. I don't know if it's fake. It's clever. It's funny. And, and sir, if you actually exist, good for you. Well done. Boy, I thought this was interesting. Al Anonymous wrote us in on the topic of ambulance rides and helicopter airlifts and that sort of thing. Um, and I have no no doubt that Al is telling the truth. I'm not sure. Well, I'll just read it to you. Uh, today, you guys are talking about the expensive ambulance rides, how much more expensive being airlifted must be. Let me share a story. One day, my wife and I, her mom and a friend, all went on a fairly difficult day hike up in the mountains. Stayed at an Airbnb. After the hike, we told the uh, older couple that owned the Airbnb about our hike, how it went. We joked about the remote location, how it would be terrible to get injured out there. The older gentleman in the house told us that he, his wife, and a friend went on the same hike, but planned on going further and making an overnight hike. Several miles into the first day, his wife trips and breaks her ankle. He's unable to carry her as it's too steep and remote. He sets up camp so she and her friend can stay the night, and he hikes back to civilization to get help. He tries to arrange for an airlift, but realizes it's many thousands of dollars. No way he could afford it. So on a whim, he called the nearest Air Force base. They jumped at the chance and came immediately with a twin rotor Chinook and flew in and rescued her for free. They took her to the only large hospital nearby. Still small compared to large city hospitals, but uh, blah, blah, blah. apparently uh, all went well. All this t- uh, to say, in a pinch, try the military. Maybe they'll make a training exercise out of it. Uh, he does not mention when this was. 
I think that's a great story, and I don't care if it's true, but uh, wow, that's amazing. Thanks for the note, Al. Uh, and finally, this. Uh, Rob writes, guys, I'm watching a movie about Vietnam. There was a clip of Lyndon Johnson. Between that war, his handling of it, and the dumb social programs that have made generations dependent on the government, I'm thinking he may be the worst president ever. You know, he's not usually on that bottom, bottom list. Um, but you could make the case. I think the Great Society programs have been in the last, uh, gosh, what would it be, uh, 60 years, 55 years, something like that. Um, maybe the greatest salt on the black family in America of uh, anything since uh, slavery and Jim Crow. It's had horrific results, just horrific results, incentivizing not getting married, uh, institutionalizing dependence. Do you know there is just a thriving, thriving economy of black business people and entrepreneurs in the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s? And the Civil Rights Act for, it was absolutely necessary and did wonderful, wonderful things. But then the great society programs that did the things I'm talking about were utter disasters, just tragic disasters. So uh, thanks for the note, Rob. I think you make an excellent point. Not just because you agree with me, but because I think history backs that up. Actually, the contemporary liberal studies at the time back it up, too. Uh, Much more to come. I think Jack will be joining us. Hillary Clinton has lost her marbles. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show, the co-host, Jack Armstrong. Jack? So, I gained two and a half pounds having my gallbladder taken out. Stop it. How does that work? How's that possible? I I think I know how it's possible. Because I'm on the heavy painkillers, every morsel I've eaten is still in me because they stock you up so much. Oh, my God, yeah. That's what's going on there. All right, here's a little advice from me to you. Having had you know a handful of surgeries and and gobbled up uh, some of those painkillers, although I hate them, I hate them, I hate them. Um, Treat your uh, constipation aggressively. Yeah, that's what Uh, I didn't do when I had cancer and had chemotherapy, and that was the worst of the chemotherapy is when I allowed myself to get so constipated. I know not everybody tunes into the radio show to hear constipation talk, but it was the most most unpleasant feeling, not the worst pain, but the most unpleasant I've ever been in for days and days and days. Right. If if a division of Chinese Marines showed up in San Diego, you should attack your constipation more aggressively than we would attack that. I mean, oh, my Lord. <laughs> anyway, anyway it'll, work, it'll work itself out. Welcome to bowel talk. Yeah, That's nobody right. wants to hear this. Nobody. So how um, are you feeling in the wake of your uh feel worse today than I did yesterday for some reason, but uh, I don't know. And I fell down a few minutes ago, so that's not cool, but we'll see how oh, it goes. Hopefully wow. we'll be up and around here. Um, came across this uh, a couple days ago. I thought this was really good. There's a movement among the uh, the Biden crowd to call for a national testing day where every man, woman, and child gets tested on the same day. Uh, this professor, Emily Oster of, I think, Brown University, uh, was tweeting about it, and there's a reply from this guy. I don't know who he is, but he's a super smart guy, obviously, and lots of super smart people follow him. And this is what he tweeted. It's a long thread, but it's pretty interesting. Mass testing is not a way out. It's not a strategy at all. It's, in fact, the single thing keeping us locked into a non-strategy. Mass testing is a hamster wheel, and the only way to get off is to stop running. I implore all the wonk brain technocrats to please start from the end game and work backward. 
The end game is endemic COVID. It will circulate. There will be cases, variants, more cases. Everyone will encounter COVID. So what will your mass testing regime accomplish? Who will you save by identifying asymptomatic COVID before your Christmas dinner? Your triple-vaxxed mother-in-law? Your eight-year-old nephew who's at no risk and will inevitably encounter it eventually anyway? Economists like Professor Oster talk a lot about the long run. We're in the long run right now. Whatever we are doing today needs to be sustainable forever. COVID is now a background risk of life. Thanks to vaccines, boosters, and natural immunity, that risk is manageable. Mass testing is a policy in denial. It denies that COVID has a long-run endemic equilibrium. It treats COVID as a novel foreign threat that we can continue to resist indefinitely. It is not novel, and we can't fight it indefinitely. If you, as an individual, feel more comfortable swabbing your nose every morning before you enter the world, then by all means, you're more than welcome to do so. But as a top-down strategy, mass testing is nothing but denialism. COVID is now a background threat, a part of your life and mine. Counting cases and testing asymptomatic individuals takes that background threat and makes it a highly, highly salient threat. It contributes to ongoing anxiety and sets unrealistic expectations for the future. Boy, that's true. That's the hamster wheel of mass testing that we're all on, furiously running, pretending like we're getting somewhere, but we're not. There is no next phase. This is it. Just stop running. Accept the background threat and just move on without fear. I will point out the necessity of making that argument uh, by pointing out that the number one story on the electronic version of the New York Times this morning, I did a screen capture of it. I was so struck by it, having been thinking about this for a while now. Number one story, coronavirus cases are rising among children in South African hospitals. Oh, my God. They go on to write, the increase was observed at two major hospitals in South Africa and children who had been admitted for other health issues. Doctors still don't know if the children have the Omicron variants, but the rise in po- uh, positive tests point to increased community transmission, they say. Of course it does. And yeah, it's probably Omicron, because everybody's getting it and everybody's fine, especially kids. Everybody's fine. Okay, that might overstate the understanding we have of it at present, but the number one story is a bunch of kids have harmless cases of Omicron in South Africa. Not only should that be the number one story, it's arguable that it shouldn't be a story at all. It is akin to, and if I need to be corrected, by the data and and the unfolding of history in the days to come, I will admit it manfully. But that story could be rewritten as, lots of South African kids catch a cold. Unbelievable. Well, as this guy who uh, tweeted this thread said, it, it, all this testing contributes to ongoing anxiety and sets unrealistic expectations for the future. So you test every kid at school at the beginning of the school year, and all of a sudden, guess what? You find more COVID because you tested more people. But that puts people in a panic. It's not really hurting anybody. And then the unrealistic expectations, if we're going to continue the mass testing, that only there, there's only one reason to do that. It's if you've got your eye on bringing it down to very, very few numbers. Well, that's not going to happen. As this guy points out, that's not going to happen. It's going to be around in big chunks of numbers forever. Mm-hmm. Of course. Absolutely. And of very little consequence for most of us. You know, some people are going to die of it. you got to die of something. And maybe you're a new listener to the show. You're thinking, oh, what? Are, who are these people? Are they crazy? Like Trump-loving right-wing Honey, they talk lunatic. About, they talk about constipation a lot. And they're, 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 they're anti-vaxxers or something. No, we've actually both been vaccinated. I'm going to go get my booster as soon as I can. It's been kind of a busy week. Um, 
Uh, you do whatever you want to do, but it's pretty clearly, uh, you know, moving into the endemic phase, or it's in the endemic phase. Uh, our beloved listener, Kevin, who I don't know how he finds the time, but he researches this like, like he's the chief medical writer for, you know, uh, the New York Times. But he says on the futility of mass testing and what steps we should take in an endemic COVID world, and he appreciated that uh, thread very much. Forget about slowing the spread is point number one. That's the key factor. As the Twitter thread demonstrates, the virus will ebb and flow on its own. There's no point in trying to prevent that from happening. Oh, speaking of the New York Times, uh, they have their their big article about the COVID. I'm not sure I can come up with it on the fly. Um, But they point out that the cases are rising again, including in Connecticut which is perhaps the most vaccinated state in America, okay? Cases are rising. Oh, back on the hamster wheel. Anyway, getting back to Kevin's uh, thread, there's no point in trying to prevent that spread from happening. All our efforts should be on treating disease, not preventing transmission. We don't have much control over spread anyway. Here's a map from the CDC showing current community transmission. What sticks out? The state doing the best to slow the spread is somehow slowing it or the state doing the least to slow the spread is somehow slowing it the best. Weird. Yeah, indeed. Two, end all mass testing. The only purpose a COVID test serves in an endemic COVID world is for clinical diagnosis of disease for the purpose of treatment. If you feel like you have a severe case of COVID, go see your doctor. They'll test you and treat you if you come back positive. Ending mass testing also ends the constant focus on case counts and the continual disruptions of life that follow asymptomatic positive tests. Three, ditch the masks. And he makes the point that he has for a long time. This sort of virus, the way most people wear masks, masks do almost nothing. Uh, Encourage everyone to toss out their masks for good and end all Mm. remaining mask mandates, certainly for everyone. Uh, They are the most visible reminder of the pandemic and a constant disruptor to normal daily life. That's up to you. Uh, End all vaccine mandates. We're no longer worried about spread, which vaccines don't help with much anyway. They help some, but he's right. Vaccinated people, not going to die, probably. Not going to go to the hospital, probably. But, yeah, they can have the disease and they can still spread it. So vax mandates serve no purpose. They're actually counterproductive as they focus efforts on vaccinating the relatively healthy workforce instead of encouraging complete vax and booster uptake among the vulnerable elderly. Drop the mandates. Provide easy access. Focus on informing the public on the actual age-striated benefits and risks of vaccination. Focus on treatments. And please, I want to leave time for this. Completely and fully open the schools. Past April of 2020, there was never a reason to have anything less than completely normal school. It's never too late to correct this colossal wrong by making sure that every school is open and operating completely normally without testing, isolation, masks, or distancing, and especially no vaccine requirements. None of those measures led to better COVID outcomes. And to whatever extent they blunted community spread, the fact is irrelevant in an endemic COVID world. Amen. Hallelujah. How about the fact that a Democrat-controlled Senate yesterday voted to overturn the Biden vaccine mandate? Right. So even right. though his party controls it, they said, no, there's just, the public well, Nancy, is not digging this, dude. And, and Nancy's not going to take it up, and Biden would veto it anyway. But the point is not the legislation. The point is that, yeah, the Senate, with a couple of Democrats crossing party lines, said, no, this is bad policy. My last word on COVID for a while today is uh, the 14-day average hospitalizations are up deaths are up yeah we're still 12 percent we're at we're still at 1275 deaths a day yep on the average yep that's something and and indeed quit the crazy mass testing 
and focus on treatment. Focus on making sure anybody who could benefit from monoclonal antibodies or ivermectin or whatever you think or whatever your doctor thinks can help. Uh, there's a whole list of stuff. Um, make sure everybody can get that. That needs to be the national effort, not this ridiculous. I mean, it's practically, you know, a Gallup poll, whether you have the COVID or not. Right. It's of no significance other than that. Right. Um, have you heard the plans California has already made if Roe versus Wade is struck down by the Supreme Court? It's something. They want to become a an abortion sanctuary state. The details are something. Uh, among other things we can talk about. And Hillary Clinton has lost her mind. We will explain. <laughs> you will be amused. She is a crazy person. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. Ahead of President Biden's first ever summit of global democracies this week, Chinese officials questioned how a country like the U.S. could lecture other nations given its polarized domestic politics and botched coronavirus response. Man, it sucks when someone you don't like makes a good point. It's like O.J. telling kids to get vaccinated. (laughs) He's not wrong. You just don't love agreeing with him. Listen to Jews, kids. But not that part. Uh, I didn't like any part of that joke. OJ uh, coming in for a kicking for some reason. Ugh, I didn't like that joke at all. Um, next hour, kickoff uh, hour two, or some at some point in hour two, we'll probably get to the... Have you seen the Black Lives Matter statement around the Jesse Smollett trial? Holy oh, my. I, I'm wow. sure it's crack potty. It's something. Um, California announced this yesterday around the whole abortion thing. So the Supreme Court heard the oral arguments the other day on uh, Roe versus Wade and um, every abortion ruling of uh, recent years, and uh, they may do away with it. Is the thinking of most legal scholars? So it would send it back to the states. States would get to decide whether or not you got abortion. California has unveiled a plan to become an abortion sanctuary if the Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade. The proposal would include paying for travel, lodging, and procedures for people from other states who want to have an abortion. <laughs> and I assume, unless you got, unless you're getting donations for some sort of group, it's taxpayer money. Some of my state taxes get to go to flying people in from other states to put them up in a hotel and feed them while they get their abortion. If some gal from, gosh, where would it be? It'd probably be like Alabama wants to get a second term abortion. My tax money will go to flying her to an abortion clinic in California. Yeah, not only paying for the abortion, which I find awful but your hotel flight and food right wow holy jeez i mean it that can't it, be constitutional quick can it? hire a u-haul now california's hire it now you're not going to be able to get one by noon yikes that is something can you imagine you know it's it's uh, i was talking the other day texting with a friend of mine who moved to uh the nashville area and he was saying, and, and this rings true, I've heard this a dozen times, you know, the taxes, yeah, the traffic, yeah, he said, but I just didn't want to be party to it anymore. And my God, that sentiment, if if that plan goes through, how many folks who are, who are uncomfortable uh, but accepting of a woman having the right to procure an abortion at a certain you know point in the pregnancy or before, 
people who they don't like it, but they accept it, will just be horrified by that. Right. Good Lord, are there no limits? I'm, I'm just, I'm knocked asunder by that plan. I, I don't know what to do. In celebrity weight loss news, John Goodman unveiled his new 200-pound weight loss. Saw him. Did you know John Goodman was up to 400 pounds? Did not. I did not know that. Big man. He is very big man. He was 400-pounder. Well, he lost 200. Now he's 200 pounds. Looks great. Uh, Joe Biden told one of his stories again that uh, has been checked out many times and everybody knows is not true, but he continues to tell. For the sixth time this year alone, he's told the Joey Baby Amtrak story, which I think oh, we've referred to before. We have. We went over that like the first time he told it this year. Yeah, and, and the problem with it is he tells this story about a particular guy who who said to him, Joey, baby, we figured out how many miles you've traveled on Amtrak, and it's 1.25 million miles. So what are you talking about, flying on Air Force Two? Um, every part of the story is wrong. I mean, the conductor that he mentions retired years before Joe Biden claims to, any of this stuff happened, and just mm. every part of it is non not true. And uh, of course, you got to wonder. Is he just a guy who tells tall tales, or is he just his mind slips, and in his mind, that's all true? Michael, I'm, I'm told uh, this is worth hearing. Give us clip number 52, would you? Stand by. Probably right next to 51 before 53. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Don't appear to have 52. That's the problem. All right. This the is, Joey this, Baby this story. going to be an inquiry. Joe Biden has told that story six times this year. Joey, baby. Even though fact checkers by the Washington Post and others have blown it completely out of the water, every aspect of it not being true. The the it's around his. I was taking the train back to visit my mom when she died. Well, the, none of the dates match, match up on any of this stuff. Being vice president, this guy working there, his mom dying by like a decade and a half or something like that. Yeah. Do do all the rest of us do this? Because we've talked a lot about how the, the mem- your memory is not near as good as you think it is, and it changes over time to fit various narratives you have about yourself. Do we all do this? And if we had fact checkers who would dig through stuff, they'd say, wait a second, that story you tell about in college, you couldn't have been in college that time. Boy, I do I, I don't think I've done that since I was in high school watching Babe Ruth hit home runs off of Tom Seaver. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Michael. Now he's a county executive in Jackson County, resident in the business uh, to, uh, uh, as well. You know, I mean, this guy's done it all. Look. Look, as Manos, as Man said, we're, we're in a situation where we've known that our infrastructure had problems for a long, long time. Under the leadership of mayors like, uh, you know, our mayor here. This is the United States of Mayor, for God's sake. Whoa. United State of Merfa. <laughs> <laughs> our mayor here, you know, the mayor, mayor, mayor's doing a good job. I, I, I got to get the end of that. Because that sounds like a T-shirt to me. United Steak of Merfa. <laughs> With a big picture of a T-bone. Please, order now before Christmas. Oh, boy, the poor guy. Oh, I, I shouldn't make you laugh. Sorry. <laughs> and the, the New York Post story about the Joey Baby story being told for the sixth time this year, they don't, they don't write it in a harsh way. They just say that uh, it's a common thing for people suffering from senility. Yeah. It's not, like, really written in a way to make fun of him. 
Yeah, and do you, you know, think do you think this is fair game? I think if a president tells a story, this story was at this same infrastructure speech yesterday because he's talking about Amtrak and we're giving Amtrak a whole bunch more money through that two trillion dollar thing we voted for a while back. Like Amtrak needs the money, why? But um, he was telling the story there. I mean, if he's telling a policy story to make a point, and as a reporter, you know this none of this is true. That's fair game, isn't it? It's not just piling on an old man. No. Well, the old man is president. That's the point. This is the United States of America, for God's sake. United States of America? This is the United States of America, for God's sake. United States of America. Well, he says, for God's sake. United States. One more time. This is the United States of America, for God's sake. United States of America. I wonder when he pulls the plug on himself where he decides... That was just too bad. I mean, I just had too many of those in a row. You know, in answer to your question, it's 100% fair game, but I worry about national security. As our, uh, as the, uh, you know, the malevolent actors of the world are, are up on their toes and ready to get ugly. Um, and I, I'm also reminded of when Barack Obama said to him, Joe, you don't have to do this. And I'm certain that's what Barack Obama was thinking. This is... This is the United States of America, for God's sake. This is going to not be good for the United States of America. I don't know how these things go on a curve, but, I mean, he's only one year into his presidency. Two years and a day, man. Where's he going to be? backing off my bet. Where's he going to be at the end of four years if he goes that long? Holy cow. Hillary Clinton coming up. Armstrong and Getty.